Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 24 through 29. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its fall. Now when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes. Good morning, church. Welcome to the Asbury Amateur Hour. (laughs) This is Laity Sunday, and as Mike explained, ordinary church members are taking the role of the clergy today. Big shoes to fill. Mike, a minute ago, I was really watching how you work this space out here, and you ever notice he gets right, he hangs those toes over, all ten toes. I'd like to see you do it in heels, okay? (laughs) I'm not going to try it. I know my limits. I know my limits. I'm Janet O'Neill. I'm the lay leader here at Asbury. I am not a preacher. I'm a retired news anchor without a teleprompter. (laughs) But I do have my notes. I have a death grip on my notes here. Thank you so much for being here for this Together Sunday. Our scripture reading this morning is sound advice to home builders. Don't build your house on sand. It will wash away. You'll lose everything. Do build your house on a rock-solid foundation. Then it can withstand anything. Of course, Jesus is talking about much more than building a house. He's talking about how you build your faith. What do you build your faith on? It got me thinking about the foundations of my faith. And I think of really those, those foundations are built on top of each other. There are layers of my foundation. And many of those layers are labeled by the names of the churches in my life. I am a cradle Methodist. I didn't have a choice. (laughs) I was christened at Bluff Park United Methodist. Actually, it wasn't United Methodist at the time. It was before the merger and we became United Methodist. That gives you an idea how old I am. But my parents were very involved there. Another church in my childhood was my grandparents' church, 
Red Level Methodist down in the little bitty South Alabama town of Red Level. And Grandma and Peepaw Hall lived right across the street from that church. And we knew when we visited, we better bring our Sunday best because we were going to church. And we'd get up early and we'd walk across that street and up those steps into that beautiful little country church. It was just part of my life, part of what we did. Later, as I got a little older, my family moved to a new house, and it was closer to St. Mark United Methodist over on Columbiana Road. And that was where I grew through my teenage years. It was a crucial time. I learned so much and added so much to my foundation there. I was all up in the youth group. It was a great youth group. But it was there that I began to take my faith seriously. It was there that I learned to ask questions, that I learned not to be afraid to have doubts, that I learned how to take Scripture and apply it to my life. That youth group, we debated every controversial issue of the day. We fought over those issues. We fought about what, what does the scripture mean? But we did it together. And it was there that I learned you, you can have different angles on scripture. And something can mean something to one person and something else to another. And that even in your own reading of scripture throughout my life, I've seen how scripture takes on a different meaning at different stages my life. That foundation, that layer is so crucial to the foundation of my faith. When Frank and I were first married, we kind of drifted a little from the church commitment thing. It was really about family diplomacy because, you see, my parents were at St. Mark United Methodist. His parents were at Vestavia United Methodist. And so what we did, we went back and forth and back and forth. We would sit with our parents on the pew, and then we would go home with them for Sunday lunch. It was a sweet deal. I mean, we had no commitment, we had no responsibility, and we got a free lunch to boot. Well, one Sunday, we're at Vestavia United Methodist, and there is this young preacher that they allowed him to have about five minutes in the pulpit. It was Mitchell Williams, the founder of this church. And he was explaining that he was being sent down Highway 280. They, the conference said, just go down 280, just start us a new church somewhere down there. And what he was doing is going to the Overmountain churches and asking, if you know anybody who lives down that way, give them my name. We're trying to find people to help us start this new church. Well, Frank and I, we lived in Meadowbrook. But we kind of gave each other a little sideways look. On the way home, I remember saying something like, 
you know, when they get that church up and running, I want to visit it. I didn't want to be on the that hard work of starting it. The next Sunday, we were back with my parents at St. Mark United Methodist, and there was Mitchell Williams again. Long story short, my mother turned us in. <laughs> and as we're walking out, we're, we're shaking hands with Mitchell. We immediately liked him. We gave him our phone number and our address, and very soon he was ringing our doorbell and asking if one of the first um, informational gatherings for people who were kind of interested in this, could we host that in our house? Well, let me tell you, Reverend Mitchell Williams is God's own salesman. You can't say no to him. And I'm so glad we didn't. Of course, we said, yes. Yes, come on in. By the end of that meeting, we had met people who have become some of our dearest friends. We were all in at that point. And we think of that today, Frank and I, that that meeting and this church, watching it grow into this church today is one of the greatest blessings of our lives. And we almost missed it. We almost didn't claim Asbury as our church home. I want to tell you the story of five-year-old Liam, you've heard it before from Mike. I love this story so much, I, I named my sermon after it. So I want to tell you again. Five-year-old Liam, not his family at the time, they were not connected to the church in any way, but he went to our vacation Bible school this past summer. He also had played soccer on our fields out here. And after he had had such a great experience there, the, the family said, you know, let's go check it out one Sunday morning. And they did, and they drove up, and as they came in the driveway, <laughs> they said, little Liam kind of piped up in the back seat and said, hey, that's my church. That's my church. He recognized the building, but more importantly, he claimed it as his church. This morning, I want to ask you, what is it about Asbury United Methodist that wants you to stand up and say, that's my church? I have a list. <laughs> see, if, see if some of these work for you. We've already heard about God's garage sale just yesterday. People showing up here hoping to find a bargain, and boy, what a bargain they found. Free, everything free, free as God's love. That's my church. Or how about when we all get together as a congregation and we, we pack tornado buckets or little brown bags for school children or maybe the, the Christmas boxes for children in Bulgaria or maybe it's when we reach out to the community through giggles and grace 
or trunk or treat or experience Christmas, or maybe it's the anchor respite ministry, helping caregivers and those who need help. That's my church. Maybe it's on Sunday morning when Nancy cranks up the choir and the organ at the same time and it rumbles through the building. Maybe it's when all those kids come down here for the children's minute and very shortly in that church minute, they take over the church. (laughs) That's my church. For me in the past year, My church family has wrapped their love and their prayers around me as I dealt with cancer. That's my church. That's my church. You you know, you may not realize it, but within nonprofits in our community, Asbury is known as the church you go to to get something done. Asbury doesn't just talk about it, we do it. A few weeks ago, I was volunteering at Urban Ministry for the after-school program there, and the director of the program asked me, what church do you go to? And I said, Asbury, and before I even got it out of my mouth, she said, Asbury, that's awesome sauce. (laughs) Awesome sauce. Asbury awesome sauce. We need a billboard with that on it, don't you think? That's the reputation we have. Now, Asbury isn't perfect. We've gone through some struggles. We've disagreed. But we've worked through it together. Together is the key word. I'm going to tell you one of the most challenging committees I've served on here at Asbury is the stained glass window committee. (laughs) These, These windows here, it was a wonderful committee, wonderful people on the committee, but we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, who's ever put together stained glass windows before? And so we had to learn what that process was, and we we were so intent, we wanted to be sure that these windows reflected you, our congregation. Some of you may remember, we actually had a survey. We asked, what are the symbols that are most important, most meaningful to you and your faith? What are, are the words that you would use to describe Asbury? And we use that information. One of the most common uh, responses led to this window over here, the communion window. It's beautiful, isn't it? I want you to take notice of a, a couple of things. In that upper right quadrant, there are the grapes. And as you lower your eye through the cross, Those grapes are transformed into wine. Aren't we all, when we go through the cross, transformed? 
This window, I love this window. It's a, representing the, the symbol of the Holy Spirit, of peace. And this dove is coming in for a landing. Maybe the Holy Spirit landing on your shoulder. You can hear those wings. I love that window. And I really love this window. This was the last window we were... We, we struggled and struggled and struggled with it. We were so worried about the quadrants and every, you know, what picture would fit in those four different spaces. We got all into the details and minuscule things. We had a new idea every week and we'd send it off to the artist. The artist would send it back and we'd go, no, that's not it. We were so worried and we were running out of time. We were this close to panicking. And the late Bob Williams, who was on that committee, Mitchell's brother, by the way, he said, guys, maybe we need to stop fighting the cross. Maybe we need to build this window around the cross. And there it is. There it is. One of the most common words that people told us that described Asbury, they were words like welcoming, open, friendly. This cross pulls you in, doesn't it? This window, you can't help but look at that window and let it pull you in. But at the same time, to me it has an explosive kind of thing to it that sends you out to serve. That is my church. When I look also, something you may not know about this window, you see there's this, this gold band that goes around it. That's a symbol of God's everlasting love, like a wedding band. And then growing in that band, you see that little vine that's coming up? That's based on this verse. John 15, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Look at the bottom, the bottom of the vine. It's, it's rooted into that cross. And if you follow it on up, it's green in the bottom quadrant. But look, look above. Those, those leaves turn color. That is a symbol of the seasons of our life that we go through. Seasons of change. Perhaps seasons of doubt. Seasons of struggle. Seasons of healing. 
We've been through those seasons together as a church family, haven't we? But then look at the very tip of the vine. Look what happens. The very last leaves are green. They go through the season and then they come out green and healthy and pointing toward the sunlight, reaching for energy, continuing to grow. That's my church. That's Asbury. We've come through it, but we're, we're growing. You know, anyone who walks through those doors, no matter who they are, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, rich, poor, tall, short, gay, straight, Republican, Democrat, Auburn, Alabama, anything in between, anybody who walks through those doors, part of our foundation is that Jesus calls us to love everyone, to love each other, to reach out and love others. That is our church. I believe with all my heart that when God looks at Asbury, he says, that's my church. Those are my people. There's my hands. There's my feet. There's my smile. There's my hug. There's my heart. That's my church. May we never forget whose church this really is. This is God's church. <laughs> May we never forget the foundation of Asbury is on Jesus Christ and the way he taught and teaches us to love. May we forever be blessed by this body of Christ we call Asbury United Methodist Church. This is my church. This is your church. This is our church together. Amen.